0: Last Sunday, because it was Thanksgiving Sunday, uh, I just felt the need to find several ways that I could say, I'm thankful. And that was the title of the message last Sunday. Very simple, not highly theological, but it was fitting for the season. And it said, I'm thankful. Pressed us to find the ways and the things that we have in our lives that we can be truly thankful for. I know that things move very quickly, and so as soon as Thanksgiving ends, very—I mean, it was—I I was shopping for t- turkey one day, and then I go back on Black Friday, and and overnight everything has got Christmas trees and 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 wreaths. I said, my goodness, it it just, everything just moves so quickly. So we're already into the Christmas season, but I don't want us to rush away from the thanksgiving. I believe everything in our lives, everything in your life, everything in our lives, centers around thanksgiving. Being thankful, being grateful, giving God Worship and thanksgiving just because He's God. Simple as that. He made us, He kept us, He's helping us. I don't need any other reason for being thankful. Uh, it, uh, my grandma would say, if He didn't do another thing for me, He'd done enough. How many of you agree? If he doesn't do another thing for you, he's done enough. If he doesn't give you another thing in life, he's done enough because you have lived to see this day. I want to continue a little bit more in Thanksgiving. Uh, and uh, our topic today is going to be faith to be thankful Faith to be thankful. We're going to dig into some things this morning that I don't think all of us have quite gotten or even seen. So get your pads out, your pens. If you're taking notes on your phone, uh, get ready. Our text is going to be from Luke 17, reading from the uh, King James Version of the Bible because of one word, one word, that I believe is the most accurate word used in that particular sentence. Uh, Luke 17, verses 11 through 19. And if you would, partners, we had some malfunctions and normally scriptures up on the board, so you don't have to do anything. But today we're going back to the old days. We're going back to the old days. If you got your Bible, if it's on your phone, pull it up. Pull it up in the, King, in the King James Version. We're going to read from your Bible. It's very easy. Just Google Luke 17. Just the, the, Luke 17, KJV. And you will get the several options to read from. Verse 11. And it came to pass. I think I'm going to. Move over to one other piece of information here for you. Okay, now we can flow. And it came to pass, as he went to Jerusalem, that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. And as he entered a certain village, there met him ten men that were lepers. Ten, which stood afar off, and when they lifted their voices, and they lifted their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. Uh, by the way, that, that phrase, Master, has been also used in the New Testament by the Pharisees, who really did not care much about Jesus at all, but they would still call him master or, or good teacher. How many of you understand this morning that anybody could call him Jesus? That anybody could say master? That anyone could call him good teacher? It's not so much of how you call him or who you call him. It's how you call him. What's going on inside when the name comes out? What's going on inside when the name comes out of you? That's where the difference really comes. Verse 13, and they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. And when he saw them, he said unto them, Go, show yourself to the priests. And it came to pass that as they went, they were cleansed. Verse 15. And one of them, when he saw that he was healed, turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. And fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus, giving him thanks and he and he was a samaritan and jesus answering said were there not 10 cleansed but where are the nine they're not found that returned to give glory to god save this stranger We'll end with verse 19. And he said unto him, Arise, go thy way, thy fate has made you whole. The reason I'm reading from the King James Version today is because of that word at the very end. Your faith has made you Whole. Can I say there's a difference between healing and wholeness? Do we understand very clearly that you could be healed and not whole? Okay. Well, let's go back and exegete a little bit because I believe God has something for everyone here this morning. He's going from Jerusalem, going to Jerusalem, and he passes through Samaria and Galilee And as he enters to a certain village, there meets him ten lepers, ten lepers. According to the law in Leviticus, if you were a leper, you had to stay within 300 feet of any person that did not have leprosy. So I would say from here to the door, you have to stay That far, just don't get close because leprosy was incurable that time and it was disfigurating, meaning when you got it, you started looking different. Gradually, it just tore your body. Whatever beauty you had, begins to rapidly deteriorate when leprosy enters your body. I want you to get this. Here's the first question to everyone that is listening to me and all of us in the auditorium. Leprosy is an infirmity. The question is, what is your leprosy? What is your infirmity? What is it that has defined you in certain areas as being frail or being fragile? What is it that has diseased you? And each one of us have frailties. Each one of us have infirmities. Most of them are not in the flesh. A lot of them are spiritual and emotional and even mental and you go through life and hardly anyone knows about it but we're dealing with it but we're dealing with it I think they said that Alzheimer's or dementia the onset starts three or four years before you even See change that people can recognize. It's gradual, but it's devastating. When it shows itself, it's too late. You're a goner. But God, hallelujah, glory be to God. But God, what is your frailty this morning? What have you been dealing with in 2020? that you are right now saying, Father, I cannot take this into 21. I don't want to take this into 2021. I need something different in 2021. Or even better, I need to be healed as I go into the new year. Whatever is causing you to be fragile and feeble, you've been unable to fight it. All you've been able to do is deal with it. Does anybody have stuff? Don't put your hands up. But there are things that you have been dealing with that, that, that you've gotten to a place where you, you don't even... You, it's almost like you can't fight it anymore. You, you have just said, okay, fine. I will just trust God and deal with it and walk through it. And sometimes God allows that for our maturity. But that does not mean we should not continue to cry out to him for healing. We need his grace to walk through it anyway. Verse 13 says, And they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, Master, have mercy on us. When I read this part of the verse, the first thing that I said was, Lord, I thank you that I didn't have to do anything to receive mercy. Oh, oh, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Uh, Do you understand that every sinner, every unbeliever, every person that is not a Christ follower, the only reason that you are seeing them in the grocery store, you are able to see them on your job. They are able to walk and talk. They are able to function. It is because of the mercy of God. That if God were to take his hand of mercy away from humanity, immediately the adversary will kill, will steal, and destroy everyone. In this context, I want to give you mercy. The word mercy has two sides to it. The nine lepers that did not come back activated just one side of mercy. And that's the side that is saying to Jesus, help us, have compassion on us. How many of you, do we understand that it is very easy for us to cry out for help and compassion when we're up against something? They said there are no, there are no uh, heathens or uh, agnostics In a lion's den. Everybody finds God when things have become unbearable. I've seen people on their dying bed that did not know God, weren't saved, and on their dying bed, as they approach the gates of hell, and they have an opportunity to confess and repent if their hearts are still hard, they say, I still don't want Jesus. But either way, they acknowledge God. Everyone acknowledges a supreme being on a deathbed. The first part is help us have compassion on us. And that is where Jesus' mercy to them was applied. When they saw him and said, Jesus, master, help us have compassion. This did not come, these requests did not come out of relationship, but out of need. I'm just saying this morning, if you're listening to me and the only time you have had contact with God or Jesus, his son, is when there's an issue, when there's been a problem, when somebody got in an accident, when the finances have disappeared and you're about to lose your home or your car, I'm letting you know. Mercy is available to you and it comes free, but you will only have access to one part of it. And that is the mercy that allows God to help you and show compassion to you, even though you don't really love him. Oh, my God. Okay, okay, okay. Who? The other side of mercy... It's, it's forgiveness and clemency. That there is a part of God's mercy called forgiveness, clemency, washing away that which will send you to hell. Here's the problem that part of mercy is only access through repentance. That you don't just look up on sin going away. You don't just come to God and cry out for help and think because He helped you out of compassion that you automatically are going to. Heaven, because he healed you. Oh, 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 there are folks that have been prayed for. I have prayed for folks before, many times, and seen God heal them, heal their body. And they have received the healing, and before too long, I saw them in church three or four or five times, and then they disappeared. When things were bad, or they would call and text me over and over until I made a commitment. And it was good for me, too, because it pushed me. And they would say, Pastor, would you you just intercede for us? And I would say, you know what? I'm going to pray and fast for you. And I did it. And healing came to their body. But I've become smart enough and wise enough to understand that just because God heals somebody's body doesn't mean they're ready to give their souls and their hearts to God. Can I tell you that that's what happened to the nine? There are ten guys who are going through infirmity. They've got leprosy. They've got something that they cannot cure themselves. Oh, I'm I'm, I'm, I'm stepping on a toe. I'm I'm, no. They're dealing with, with, with a fragility, a disability, something that causes them to gradually deteriorate. They see it coming. They feel it coming. They know it's on them. They can't do a thing about it. And Jesus comes in out of mercy. Somebody prays for you. Somebody cried out for you. A grandmama that prayed you out of jail. A mama or a father that cried before God that you wouldn't get shot. That there were several times that somebody could have shot you dead. But their praise, their prayers activated God's mercy in your life in the area of help and compassion. And many of us have still not gotten it. You're still walking around thinking that that God still owes you some more. That that God, uh, if he's really God, oh, you ain't going to test God like that. The devil tried that. If, if you are the son of God, jump off of the mountain. Uh. Uh-uh. Uh. The only thing that impresses God is repentance and his word. Yes. Repentance when you are not saved and you come into relationship. And when you're in relationship, speaking his word back to him. That's it. They say, help us. Show us compassion. And Jesus heals their body. He says, go. The only thing they had to do is what I call just, just, just simple obedience. Didn't take much out of them. They were, walking, they were doing the same walking while dealing with leprosy as it took for them to walk from where Jesus was to where the priests were. They had to do that because when you got leprosy, if by some miracle you were healed, just like the woman with the issue of blood, that the Levitical law said if a woman was menstruating or for some other reason there was blood flowing, that she had to stay the same distance away from people and be isolated for seven days while she dealt with the issue. The monthly issue. It's the same thing. They got healed, and all they had to do was obey. Just uh, not not a big thing. It was, it, we didn't say go and 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 get a cow. And kill it and cut it in four and put it on a sacrifice and this and, and measure. And no, no, all he said was go show yourself to the priest. Let me tell you, you may be listening to me this morning and you believe. It, it, here's what my, my mom used to tell me that her mom told her. We'll miss you and pass you. Just because you got healed today. Doesn't mean that your life won't be taken tomorrow. Just because you got a deliverance from God through mercy today. Doesn't mean he ain't going to call on you tomorrow. The question is how ready are you to answer? We haven't even gotten into my topic yet. Because I kept seeing stuff here that just kept me saying God I thank you. Lord I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. Lord, I thank you. I just don't want to come before you and ask for compassion and ask for help. No, 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 no. no, I want clemency and forgiveness. When we see the one guy that comes back to Jesus, I want you to hear this. And one of them, verse 15 when he saw that he was healed turned back and with a loud voice glorified God and fell down on his face at the feet of Jesus and gave him thanks Guys, it takes humility. Remember I said it before. Your spirit, there has to be, there has to be humility. Holy Spirit is working on you to bring you to a place of humility so so that you can gain repentance. If Holy Spirit doesn't help you, you'll never repent. Let me say that again. If the Holy Spirit doesn't help you, if the Holy Spirit doesn't help you and you don't submit, you never get to a place of repentance. Because the same thing that caused Lucifer to be thrown out of hell, heaven is the same thing that will keep you from bowing down before God. Humanity finds it almost impossible to be humble, especially when somebody is tickling our ears and telling us, you're right, girl, you're right. Bro, you're right, you're right. You ain't got to say nothing. You ain't got to apologize. You ain't got right. You are right. You in the right. You and God says say I'm sorry. And God says be thankful. And God says bow down. And God says humble yourself. And God says put your face to the ground. And God says give thanks. Here's the thing. Jesus answered him. And I, this, is gonna, this blew my mind, and I believe it's going to blow somebody else's mind. Jesus answers and said, verse 17, were there not ten cleansed, but where are the nine? There are not found that returned to give glory to God? Hold a second, hold a second, hold a second, hold a second. Verse 15 says, one of them when he saw that he was healed turned back and with a loud voice glorified God. You see, I don't know about you guys, but I said it before i got to analyze stuff. I can't just read over and just say, oh, well, he glorified God. I need to understand what was happening when the Bible said he came back and glorified God. Remember, the first nine came to Jesus, asked for help and compassion. And they accessed the mercy of God in that area, in that way, and it gave them physical healing. But there is more, hallelujah, that God wants to give you and give me that will not be accessed outside of repentance, forgiveness, and clemency from God. Do you understand what glory means? That this guy comes back and glorifies God. It did not say just he came back and said thank you. It's qualifying the last word of thanks at the end of the sentence by giving you an in-depth description of what was the heart of his thanksgiving. What is at the heart of his thankfulness? said, he came back and with a loud voice glorified God. He came back and with a, a loud voice gave God high honor. He came back with a loud voice and cried out with distinction, you are God. He came back and and treated Jesus as the majestic one. As king. As the all-powerful one that controls everything. It's the reason he bowed and put his face to the ground. It's the reason he cries out loud and the word says glorifies because it's saying to us that something went beyond his lips. Can I venture to say that the reason the nine did not come back was because everything connected to their healing came only from their physical need and their brain that wanted to go back doing what they used to do. Help me, Lord. Help me. I mean, say, can we tell, tell, tell God, help, help, help me not to, not to pray just selfishly. Help me, Lord, not, not to... It, it, what we could actually say is that because they've seen Jesus doing all these things, I believe there was some portion or probability of a bribery involved here. They know what Jesus can do. They've seen him do it and so they figure they would come to him and say Jesus good teacher master have compassion on us. Help us. Do you see the bride going on there? Do you see it? Do you see it? There, there's no shit on the inside. If there was change on the inside, they would be coming back. But they got what they thought they needed. And they're going back to doing what they used to do. So only this one guy, I want you to notice It said that he came back and glorified God. And then Jesus says, is it only this one guy that came back to to give me glory? Jesus is repeating what is said in verse 15 about how the guy was coming back. This man was coming back and glorified God. And then Jesus says in verse 18, there are not found that return to give glory to God. Do you see that? Because glory indicates dealing in majesty. Glory indicates dealing in high honor. Glory indicates dealing with distinction that I, in my heart, am lifting you up above everything in my life and around my life. When I offer authentic thanksgiving, that is, that is thanksgiving, that is coming from my heart, that is, that is putting Jesus in a majestic place, that is putting him in a place of high honor in my life, that is submitting, submitting, submitting myself to the distinction of his identity as God. I am on the way to accessing more than compassion. I'm setting myself up to access his forgiveness, his clemency, and his sonship and his sonship. When I offer authentic thanksgiving, when I offer authentic thanksgiving, when I offer authentic thanksgiving, God accepts it as faith. One of the things that blew my mind is said, so in verse 18 it says, they are not found that return to give glory. Right. That is talking about the attitude, the inner attitude of this man. But in verse 19, it says, and he said to him, arise, go thy way, thy fate. So he's giving glory. And Jesus is recognizing the glory given to him from the man as what? As what? As what? as faith as i read this something took me to the uh, to david in second samuel god had given him some instructions second samuel 24:24 uh you don't even have to go to it, just write it down and here, 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 let me set it up G- G- god gave was leading Israel. God allowed them to win several battles against enemies that were stronger, bigger, more plenty than they were. As they progressed and start winning more and more, it suddenly comes into King David's heart one day. I guess we've been winning so much Joab called on one of his generals, go out and count the number in the army. You don't go counting the number of soldiers you got when God has been already winning your battles with what you don't have. Oh, my Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You don't go back. And try to count what you think you have when you know very well that God is the one who has been helping you to win your battles with what you never had. He goes and his generals followed and said, we don't want to do this. You know, God is the one that's given us these wins. We don't need to count. We don't need to make it look like we got the numbers. David said, go. And after they'd done that, God was extremely upset. So now you think you're big enough. Now you think you're grown enough. Now you think you're multiplied enough. You can create your own army and you can win. And God said, because I'm so angry, I'm giving you three choices. I'll give you three years of something. I'll give you three months of something else. Or I'll give you three days of something. The last one was three days of plague. But he was smart enough at that point to say, you know what? When God gives you choices, you don't just jump at it. When God gives you choices, you throw it back in his lap. Because you and I cannot make a better choice for ourselves than God could make for us. He had enough sense to do at least that. So he says, no, no, I'm not going to choose. You, you choose, God. You choose. You, you let it be. And so God chose the three days of plague. And in those three days, over 70,000 Israelites died of the plague. And more would have died, except when it got to a certain place, close to Jerusalem, where he was, he cried out to God. And the prophet comes by and said, you know what I think you should do? I think you should make a sacrifice to God. Under these circumstances, the death angel is moving and you could literally see the wave like locusts, people dying, moving street after street. And the man that he went to could tell that according to how things have been going, I should have been dead in my family because it's been coming every day closer and closer. Something has happened. God showed David that the death angel had stopped. And he says, I am going to make a sacrifice. So as he's about to make the sacrifice, he's away from the palace and he goes to this man and he says, do you have oxen? Do you have wood? Do you have uh, all the ingredients need to, to make a sacrifice to God? Because I'm away from the, from the palace. Uh, uh, I'll buy it from you. And the man said to him, King, you don't have to buy anything from me. I, you're the king. This is going to God. I just go ahead and have it. You can have it. And David says, I will not have it. Here's what he said. But the king said, Teranot, or Armand, uh, he's referring in the same name in 1 uh, Chronicles 21 also, same story in two different chapters, two different books. No! I've got to buy it from you for a good price. I'm not going to offer God, my God, God, my God, sacrifices that are not sacrifice. I will not offer to God, my God, a sacrifice or sacrifices that is not a sacrifice. I will not offer to God anything that costs me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the ox, paying out 50 shekels of silver. He built an altar to God there and sacrificed burnt offering and peace offering. God was moved by the prayers and that was the end of the disaster. Here is what has floored me. Because I read David saying here, I will not offer to God anything that costs me nothing. But then I go back to our text. And I see. That when this man comes back. To Jesus and with a heart filled to glorify God, open, accessible, transparent to glory in God, treating God as majesty, accepting Jesus into his life, that Jesus says, I want you to rise up, and I want you to go back home, your faith, has made you whole. Hold a second. How much does it cost to give thanks? Anybody? How much does it cost for you and I to have a thankful heart? How much is it really costing you To say as many times as you and I can remember every day, Lord, I thank you. For whatever I am going through, whatever is happening in my life or around my life, Lord, I thank you. I thank you because you know best. And I know you're going to watch over me. And I know you're going to protect me. And I know you got my hand, my life in your hand. Lord, I thank you. You know what the answer is? It cost us nothing. Look at somebody and tell them, it cost us nothing To be thankful. It cost us nothing to be thankful. It cost us zero to be thankful. It cost us zilch to be thankful. (sighs) David says, I'm not going to offer to God anything that doesn't cost me something. But the question is, what do we do with our lives when we, when we realize that God is offering us something that costs us nothing? That God has been so gracious and merciful to us that he is willing to take no, the nothing of thank you. Remember now, we don't tell people thank you unless they gave us something. It's almost like he he knows that the he knows that the first group were making a deal. And this man comes back just to say thank you. And based on an attitude of authentic thanks God reckons it to him. Jesus reckons that to him as faith. Here, here whoo, Lord Jesus. The Bible says, if you have faith, this is in Matthew, right, I believe. If you and I can have faith as a grain of mustard seed, be, uh, maybe Matthew uh, 17, I think so, yeah, around verse 19, 20. It says, if you have faith as a grain of mustard seed, and that's the reason I brought this, because I could give a million people 25 guesses apiece, and nobody would be able to guess how many mustard seeds are in this bottle because mustard seeds are so small. That if you took a grain of mustard seed and put it in your pocket, it'll take you two weeks to feel a rung in there and find it again because it's so tiny. And Jesus said to his disciples, if they have faith as a grain of mustard seed, they would be able to speak to a mountain and say, move from here to there. Can I tell you that God is so loving this morning that, 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 he, that he has made it so that he will move on your behalf and my behalf even when we have less than a grain of mustard seed faith. If, if, if saying thank you costs nothing and Jesus is reckoning Something that costs nothing as fate because it's done with an authentic heart. Then, can I say this morning that God wants to move on your behalf, even even if you can get to fate that's less than a mustard seed? Oh, my Lord Jesus. Oh, Lord Jesus. We don't understand the kind of love God has for us. Quite often, we, our minds are clogged by what is happening around us, by the shortage of money, by the presence of illness, by the coronavirus, by the stimulus check not coming, by the car breaking down, by this and by that and the other, that we fail to understand. That being thankful in everything where it says in everything give thanks for this is the will of God. Why is it the will of God? Because God wants to move on your behalf just based on thanksgiving. You don't have to be a big-time Christian. You don't have to be a miracle worker. You don't have to be a pastor or an evangelist. All you have to be is thankful. And the more thankful you are, the more faith you're activating. Because Jesus said he reckoned this man's thanks. And said, your faith has made you whole. I, I, I absolutely can see it now. That some of us are walking in physical healing, but we're not walking in wholeness because we have not been thankful. Oh, Lord. I'm, I, I apologize for mad, stepping on your toe, but this is what the word is saying. This is what the word is saying. This is what the word is saying. Help us Lord, help us, help us, help us, help us to be thankful, help us to be thankful. I'm committing myself today to go into 2021. And every blessing you see in my life is gonna be based on the fact that I'm gonna be thankful no matter what. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. I'm gonna give God thanks in everything. Every time you see me with something special happening, all oh, you gotta look at me and say thankful. Hallelujah. If you see if you see some miraculous things happening in my life, and I believe you will see in 2021, oh you You got to do is look at me and say, how you doing, Pastor? Thankful. Hallelujah. Thankful, Pastor. Thankful. Good to see you, Pastor. Thankful. Because I'm seeing right now that all I got to be is thankful. And God will turn things around. God will make a way. God will open a door. God will set free. God will break a yoke. God will bring my family in. God. God. All I gotta do is be thankful, Lord. Oh, Lord. There used to be a song that we sang when we were kids. It's a mom taught us to thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, in my heart. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, thank you, Jesus, in my heart. Then it says, the devil can't make me doubt you. The devil can't make me doubt you. The devil can't make me doubt you in my heart. I say, the devil can't make me doubt you, I know too much about you the devil can't make me doubt you in my heart so I say thank you Jesus so I say thank you Jesus so I say thank you Jesus hallelujah hallelujah mom acreage I feel my future getting bright If all I got to do is be thankful, I see the lights coming on, mama. I see the lights. All I got to do is be thankful. Oh, Pastor Taylor, I see a bright future. If all I have to do is be thankful. Hallelujah. 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 How many of us this morning are here? And you are gonna make a resolution this morning. You're going into the new year. You got a lot you can cry about. There's a whole lot you can you can just be sulky about. Them. But oh, being thankful is so easy, I can't not do it. Being thankful is so easy, I cannot do it. Oh. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. God said, Jesus said, when he saw him saying thank you, his heart was authentic. God accepted his thank you as glorification (laughs) we miss this stuff we miss this stuff guys when you when you say thank you to someone in the flesh they receive it as thank you they don't receive it as one thing else They don't receive it as you giving them high honor. They don't receive it as you being so grateful you want to bow down and worship them. But God, the one who made us, the one who created us, who does not need anything from us, when we give him simple, authentic worship, he will accept it as glorification. When you put $5 in his bank, he accepted as $100. When you put $50 in his bank and work in Thanksgiving, he accepted as $1,000 in glorification. There is no faster way, hallelujah, glory be to God, you're going into 2021, there is no faster way to break the back of the enemy, there is no faster way to getting a breakthrough, there is no faster way to getting a way made, there is no faster way to seeing God do something miraculous than to give him thanks. It's a shortcut. It's a shortcut. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Would you stand with me? Oh, would you take just one or two minutes and thank God for the shortcut of Thanksgiving. It's a shortcut to my blessing. It's a shortcut to my blessing. It's a shortcut. When I say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's a shortcut to my breakthrough. It's a shortcut to my open door. It's a shortcut to my healing. Thank you. I want to thank you, Lord. Thank you Jesus. Thank you Jesus. Thank you for salvation. Thank you for my healing. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your blessing. Thank you for my trial. Thank you for my test. Thank you Thank you The devil can take a lot of stuff But he can't take my thanks You can't take my thanks You will not take my thanks You will not take my thanks You will not take my my worship You will not take my bow down before God Just everyone sing, you've been so good to me. Oh, you've been. Everyone. So. I just wanna thank You, oh, oh, oh. oh Lord, thank You, Lord. But I repent. I've gone through this year, and I haven't been thankful quite often. But I repent. I see the error of my ways. Come on, somebody. Tell him, i see seen the arrow of my way. And I receive my shortcut. I receive my shortcut. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. I thank you. Lord Jesus. When I think, look back over my life, and I take things over. I can surely say Oh God I just want to thank you If you're watching us on our streaming network God will help you All you have to do is make the first step All you have to do and just come up to him and tell him i repent dear father i repent there's i mean is there a hand wave that you can look back over your life this year and see how many times we have missed opportunity to shortcut into blessing just by saying thank you Lord have mercy have mercy on us this morning have mercy have mercy have mercy I repent for not being thankful have mercy have mercy have mercy mercy. forgive us of the sin of ungratefulness forgive us of the sin of ungratefulness Have mercy, Lord. 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 Have mercy. Have mercy, Jesus. Have mercy. I want to encourage everyone that's listening, everyone here that despite what we have gone through this year, our God is a waymaker. The Bible has tried to describe what God can do. By saying he, he can uh, not just turn things around but he can redeem time. Guys I don't we I mean, gotta close but I, just, I don't just want God to help me. I need Him, Mom, to redeem time. Wendy, you know what I'm talking about, honey. You look at your life, and sometimes you say, "God, I just don't want your healing. I, I'm not just asking you to help me. I'm not just repenting. What I need is a redemption of my time. Time wasted." Time, time, time lost. Time to the world. I can't get back. But in Jesus' name, I'm redeeming my time. Said somebody. In Jesus' name, I'm redeeming my time. In Jesus' name, I'm redeeming my time. I'm redeeming my time. I'm redeeming my time in Jesus' name. I encourage you to tune in with us. On Wednesday, we will be full swing in the Christmas season. I thank everyone of you for being here and all of the hordes, the gobs of folks in our streaming network. We bless you. If you need special prayer, please send us a note on our website. Confidential portion there that you can put your information in. We will follow up, we will commit to praying. We're gonna intercede for your breakthrough. Will you hold the hand of the person next to you of their family and you're together? Hallelujah. If you're by yourself, that's fine. Stand where you are. <clears throat> Father, we thank you for your presence. We can come to you, we can come to you, we can come to you without shame, we can come to you and just give our iniquity to you, we can come and ask for your help, we can come and repent and you will take our thanks and interpret it as glory, you will take our thanksgiving and interpret it as majestic worship. You will take our thanksgiving and interpret it as high praise. Father, watch over us today. As we leave this place, we're leaving here washed and cleansed. We're leaving here renewed. We're leaving here purged, ready for infilling of new anointing new power, new love, new aggression towards the things of God, new passion for telling you thank you. Take glory and honor. Bring us back safely to study on Wednesday night. Watch over us as we leave. Watch over those on the website, on the streaming network, and bless every person out there that's listening. We thank you for these things. In Jesus' name. Amen. May the peace of God go with you. God bless you. And the strength and power of his son, Jesus, rule, rest, and abide in you. In Jesus' name, amen.